I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You should have known your audience. <laughs> I don't else. agree with women giving men money. You should have read the room, known your audience. <laughs> Welcome to That Would Bang Podcast, a podcast where film and TV reviews meet fan fiction. I'm your co-host Patricia and I'm your co-host Adesi and we hope you enjoy the show. If you like the sound of our beautiful voices, subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just a quick note, there may be a few spoilers in the episode, so beware. Otherwise, kick back, relax and enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to That Would Bang podcast, a podcast where film and TV reviews meet fan fiction. My name is Adesi. And I'm Patricia. And this week we are joined by Tolly T, a talented podcaster, writer and content creator. You may know her as co-host of the award-winning podcast, The Receipts Podcast, or half of 10 Out of 10 Would Recommend Podcast, or more recently, the co-author of Keep the Receipts. So... Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. It's so weird to have yeah. the author part in it. Bop, bop. <laughs> yeah. Like it made me giggle. Like, oh, that's a new one to the bio. That's very exciting. Thanks for having me, girls. Really excited to <laughs> Thank this. you for joining us. But how are you feeling about becoming an author in that in that realm, in that aspect? It's exciting. So it's it's not the first time I've been published. And I'm such a <laughs> well, it being my, my my second published. No, it's not the first time I've been published, but the first time I was published was amongst other authors sort of thing. It was like a anthology type style stuff. And um, so this, for it to be like a popper, like this is your stamp on it. This is like yours. These are your stories. It's very personal. I'm excited, but also scared because I'm like, I get quite personal to be fair. Like, I was writing, writing in some chapters. I was like, I read it back. I was like, oh, I'm in my bag in this one. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. It's really a lot to put yourself yeah. out there and be yeah, vulnerable. Definitely. I think, and I think that's what I've definitely done. And it feels more, I mean, we do it all the time on the podcast and we talk quite personal and stuff. But for some reason, doing it in print feels a lot more like yeah. stamped. I don't, I don't know why. And I guess because it, in print I can't go back to correct it if it's a podcast if I say something one week I come back and be like actually sorry I realized I didn't mean that I mean this I can always come back and correct it but with that print that staple I can't be like actually second draft I want to correct what my thought was there but I'm excited for everyone to read it I'm excited to see reactions from it so I can't wait but yeah I guess we'll go into the next part and just talk about what we've been watching this week guys I don't know who wants to go first, Tolly. So this week, what have I been watching this week? I've watched Shrill. Have you guys watched Shrill? Yes. Yes. Um, Shrill is brilliant. It's on BBC Three. Mm-hmm. And it's got Lolly in it. Lolly, who I love, who is like a British black actress and yeah. comedian. She's really, really funny. And she just plays a role that she lives with her mate. And I think they live in Portland in America. And it's just kind of like about their life. And it, it's really, really interesting because the main character talks about her weight a lot. And she's like a big girl. And I think it's really important where she like, fights with the rights and all of that kind of thing but in, a, in an authentic way sort of thing because she works in the world of magazines Definitely. and being a big girl in the magazines it ain't always friendly um what else have i been watching i've been watching motherland 
which I'm obsessed with. I think Motherland is brilliant. I love good white British drama. I love it. It's not even drama, white British comedy type of thing. Mm. One of my favourite shows ever, till today probably, is Outnumbered. Yes. Outnumbered was great. Classic. And I loved it. And like Motherland gives me that kind of vibe. When British people are in their comedy bag, do you like dry? Oh my God. It is is sensational when white Brits do their comedy bag. And literally, Motherland was so good for me that, do you know sometimes when you drink something or eat something that tastes nice and you go read the ingredients, like, what, who made, like, what's in this? (laughs) Like... This is so good. What is in this? I did the exact same thing with Motherland. I was like, no, this is so good. I need to know who is behind this, who wrote this sort of thing. I get that. Yesterday, I was going through, I think it's Prentice Penny's um, Instagram and Issa and Yvonne. And I was actually so emotional. Yeah. Because Insecure, I don't think everyone, I think everyone's really deeping this year the cultural impact that that show has had on society. And even Mm. just watching how... Like that show literally changed every single person's life who was part of it. So other oh, shows, yeah, yeah. Watching Yvonne's story or what, watching Yvonne's Instagram post where she's like, "You literally changed my life," and she did. No one knew Yvonne before, and now her whole yeah. life has changed. Trajectory of everything, and just the final season. I'm really gonna take my time to watch yes. it, but then. I know the TL is going to be talking, so yeah, don't do that. The, the internet's going to ruin it for you. It like is, watch no. it when everyone watches it, they, or just stay off the internet. It's true. I'm going to stay off the internet because I want to take my time to savor it. But I do like Twitter discourse when we're all watching mm. something at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I like to watch it every know. like when it drops with Insecure because I, I, it's brilliant. Like Insecure, especially as a writer, as a black writer, watching Insecure, mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely amazing. I remember the first time I'd even been like, okay, I'm going to love this show. Was um a friend of mine, Bim, she'd posted like a screenshot of it, and it said something about um. She was talking to Daniel in the car. He was talking to Daniel in the car. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, this sounds like some shit Drake would like. And then she's like, How, why do you make you think I like Drake? And then he's like, every girl that wants to college likes Drake. And she's like, I know, he just gets us. And I was like, wait, I'm going <laughs> to love this show. Because that's exactly how I feel about Drake. And I do think every woman that went to college, every black woman that went to college or university or whatever, loves Drake because I also a complete other discourse. I think Drake is made for black women in terms of his movies and how he talks and all of those, those experiences. It. I hear it. Which is, I, I have a it. whole discourse about this. I like, I am sure of it and I think that's why he's so successful. Mm. And one day me and him will talk, we'll chop it up, we'll talk about it. Um, but <laughs> I am so yeah, dead. I'm, yeah. End of shows breaks my heart and end of Insecure is going to really, it's going to hurt. I know it is. We're all going to feel it. But then she's got so many other projects coming up and I hope that everyone yeah. just has the same open mind that they did with Insecure with the other Definitely. shows. Definitely. Yeah. It's exciting. And I think what's amazing is that she acts as well. Mm. And uh, yeah. genuinely my biggest envy, I wish I was actress. I wish I could act. Same. Same. And you know what? There was was a point in my life that I tried. I was like, you know what? Let Let me try acting. But it's one of those things that I don't think I can detach myself enough from a character so like if i have to do something i'll just start laughing or i start smiling <laughs> and it's yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. so annoying in that because i think this time in the world is the time of like writer performers you see like Issa yeah. Rae, you see michaela cole even with master of none that we're going to talk about in a bit it's all everyone that wrote the show is the one performing it even with shrill and it's like yeah. i think that's the way to get your stuff out there maybe i need to learn how to act and smile on stage but it's hard it's really hard no, I, I can't do it i wish i could i, I mean I could go into acting if it was I could play every role as how I would react in that situation. Mm, That's how I could yeah. act. If they were like, okay, be Talani in this. Mm, mm. But if it was like, be loving 
from Manchester in there, Smith. Like, I, like, I don't That's know too long in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do with that sort of thing. But if it's like, be you in a situation, I might be able to do it. Like, mm. Mm, but might you know be able what? to do it. I feel like with acting, you also have to be really, you can't be self-conscious because like some of the scenes that you have to like do, I would just be like, I'd feel so uncomfortable like having to kiss someone that you don't know, having yes. to like do a sex scene with someone that you don't know or just be vulnerable. Like that's too much pressure. I think I would just crumble. Yeah, I won't be able to do it. I mean, there was a time I applied to be, um, auditioned to be in Skins. Wow. But that's a whole different story. Oh, That's exciting. And, and, and clearly I wasn't good enough because if I was, Ooh. I would be in Hollywood <laughs> right now. I just know it. I just know it. I know it. I think we're going to move on to talking about Master of None. Yay. Which is, yay, which is a Netflix show um, or comedy series loosely based on Aziz Ansari's life experiences. It follows the life of Dev, a New York-based actor who is struggling to identify what he really wants, both personally and professionally. So I'm going to open the floor up, guys. What did you guys think of the show? I love Master of None. Like, have you watched all of the seasons now? I've watched season one, two, and then episode one of season three. Season three is brilliant. I don't know if is I feel the same way. Trust me. Wait, wait for it. Okay. Um. So I was I was on the Ten Ten podcast. I spoke to Naomi, who plays um Denise mm. in season three, and for, there's her. She gets an episode of her own, which is episode four. Mm. Probably one of the best episodes I've watched in a very long time. Wow. Of the whole show. Of a sh- of a show. Wow. Of a show. It's really, what? really well done. Really, I think what it is is with season three, people are gonna be like, "Oh, I, I miss Aziz." I, I feel like a lot of people like oh, that's, yeah. that is the I'm truth. That is the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people feel like they miss him, but like, give it a chance. It's really good. It's one of those things that with season one and two, I felt the tone of the show was so different because it, it is Aziz and it is his story and Dev's yeah. story is very like quirky and chipper. And then season yeah. three was like a very artistic Lena Waithe kind of thing. And it's not yeah. that I'm against it. It's just not what I thought I was going to sign up for. So yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. something completely different and it felt quite slow. And then when Dev did make an appearance, it was a very like, <laughs> his character, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but what happened was not what I expected to follow on from what I saw in season one and season two. It was like, he was a right, okay. different person. And oh, I was a bit overwhelmed. I thought he wasn't in it completely. No, he pops so up. So he does come yeah, back yeah, a little pops bit. Up. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But it's not based on him at all. He pops up as a supportive friend in it. Yes. But Patricia, what did you think? I'm kind of like in a mixed mind about it. I think I really struggled with season one. I found it really slow and I just couldn't get into it. But with season two, I just felt like it was a very different vibe and I enjoyed it a lot more. Like I went through it a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But... I think I started to really appreciate the storytelling. I think in season two, especially like certain scenes, the way they were shot kind of just felt a lot more artistic than it did in season one. And I think I started to enjoy it more because of that. But I also found it funnier in season two. I liked the storyline more. I found it funnier. I thought the characters were also a bit more interesting in season two. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't think I love the show, but I definitely thought it was worth the watch and Mm. I would recommend it to other people. What did you think of it? I agree with Patricia to an extent, like it was something that I had to warm up to. I think what I admire about the show is their freedom with the way that they do tell the stories. Yeah, same. Um, Each season is slightly different, but each season Mm -hmm. you see how Aziz and his team come into their own with their creativity and their storytelling. Yeah. So like with season two, you see, because they went to Italy, I thought, do you know what? I'll I'll get to the point I'm going to get to, but with season two, you see when they went to Italy, 
Italy and they do black and white and the way the it's shot is so yeah. beautiful. And season three is very artistic. Like season three is beautiful. Even like the dimensions and the fact that they just yeah. hold a lot of shots. Like you can tell it's very intentional. But what I respect or appreciate is just that I feel like with American shows, a lot apart from the exception of I May Destroy You, they have the freedom to do yeah. this kind of stuff. To do that, yeah. I mean, you can tell by their freedom. I guess, I don't know if it's just America or a Netflix thing as mm. well. The fact that they are allowed to have an episode that's 20 minutes long, an episode that's 50 minutes long. It, it's not, like, as a writer, it's, it's not a freedom you're given sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's a fit into this 30 minutes slot. And that's what's amazing oh. about streaming sites mm-hmm. because they allow you a freedom of... A, not a TV slot, not a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a traditional television, 15 minutes advert, 15 minutes, they, they don't, like, they can allow for a lot more and a lot more scope of it, which is actually really nice. And with season three, especially, and I guess with season two as well, you can tell it's like a director's dream. Yes. They're like, it would be nice to just linger here. Yes. Mm. There's a particular um, scene in um, episode four of season three and she's crying, someone is crying in it, but you don't see her crying, you just see a door. So you see her walk into a room, shut the door, she walks off, and it stays on the door and you can just hear her crying on the side of it. And it is so well done. It kind of makes you as an audience feel a bit like, oh God, like, is she okay? And because you can't see that she's okay, it, it, it penetrates you more. Yes. Mm. Yeah, because you kind of can't see that she's okay or that she's going to be okay sort of thing. And I think what's nice is that people are starting to realise that audiences are smarter. Mm, and I think for the longest time. time, you just kind of didn't think of audiences. You were just like, no, you have to tell them everything. Hear it, you, yeah. you have to show them every single part of it. You have to tell, but audiences are so much smarter now that you don't actually need to tell them everything. They guess or they use their imagination. And I think that's what's quite nice about this show. It kind of allows, not only for you, even if you don't see, if you're not a creative, for example, you don't think, oh, they did this because of this. Mm. It allows you to feel different ways that you don't normally feel from watching television. And you know, in fact, I think the story, well, definitely true, um, is about Lena's marriage. I think it's definitely about her marriage. I was thinking that a little bit. I think it's definitely about her marriage. So, mm-hmm. Patricia, who you haven't seen it, it basically focuses, I think it's about 10 years into the future from where... Um, right. Um, from where they were before and it focuses on Lena and her well not Lena what's Lena's character called? Denise. I think it's Denise, yeah. Yes, Denise and her wife and their process with like fertility and their journey and all that kind of the aspects of that and they've all grown up so Dev's character's grown up everyone's grown up and it just follows like the difficulties or the situations in relationships and it was interesting because it felt like a a documentary a little bit in the sense that because the camera was left on the situations for so long it didn't feel like they were acting a bit like how when I watched Rocks there was situations where it felt mm. so natural and so no- so normal some of the parts just felt like am I meant to be here like this is very mm, personal intrusive very intrusive nice. yeah 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 so that was season three but because sure, you've seen season one and season two um what were the parts that you related to or you enjoyed or what what did you agree with well kind of just to branch off what you said Mm -hmm. I just felt like I don't know how to put what I'm trying to think about into words but kind of like when you said stuff about the freedom to direct and kind of it feeling like a documentary I think I just liked the fact that I don't know it was a bit rough around the edges like it wasn't too polished like the fact that it was a bit meta when you're watching Dev act in his Mm. shows and stuff like Mm. I enjoyed that stuff but also kind of his dating life as well I thought they kind of represented the dating scene quite well (laughs) um you kind of just see like also like a person of color kind of dating and the kind of people that he would meet on the apps I think there was that one episode where he was kind of like 
the whole episode was him going on first dates with a bunch mm, of women yeah. and like the <laughs> conversations that they were having and the different personalities and like some of them not even like going well, being awkward, hookups. I think I liked that episode the most because I just found it really funny. But also like, why was I entertained by someone just going on dates? I think I like that about it. But don't you feel like shows like Master of None or Insecure or I don't know if you've seen Rami, they're, they're a genre of American shows of this like going through your 20s or going through your adulting, 20s yeah. slash early 30s years that I I don't think I've seen in the UK yet. And would you... Do you know what? There's loads in the UK. Really? It, really? Like it's, maybe you haven't seen it because it's like, it, like back in the day that was like a big thing about doing coming of age stories. Really? In terms of like, you're in your 30s and you're just trying to work it out. There's a, brilliant one it's very british it's very very british it's called pulling and i think it's back in on bbc now but it was originally come out in like 1997 or oh, something wow. like that or 1999 or something like in that. it came out years ago <laughs> or, or like uh, oh god that's what i was <laughs> or like yeah. early 20s oh god <laughs> um we'll come out and when you watch it you can see that it looks really old or the early 2000s should i say sorry but it is about that age of being like in your 30s, haven't worked it out and like early 30s, like so you still share with mm-hmm. house shares and things like that. So there is like a, that genre as a whole, I think it's always going to do well no matter where you are in the world because it just sees to the people who were there, the people who were yet to get there and the people who have gone past that said, you're like, gosh, remember that time? Mm. It, it's just, it's a really nice core of an age to focus an audience on because it, it always it kind of always works and it's always appeals to people so there is quite a few there's pull in there's a few other ones i can't think of their names of there is that world of that like okay how do i work out this life thing mm. and i think that's always going to do good because we're always at the okay how do i work out this life thing stage like consistently it's always going to be relatable exactly yeah but like but yeah watch pulling is really interesting so what is pulling just about like someone's dating life it's about like three mates who like um one of them the first episode she kind of like just calls off her engagement just like i'm not on this anymore like sort of thing and then it's like her life after that trying to like trying to date and like she lives with two of her i mean and it's one of them like sloppy like it's like one of the housemates is like she's hungover she's meant to be a teacher mm. she like that that you know that kind of like really sloppy or like she's just sleeping with anybody that sort of vibe but it, it's it's good i think it's i rewatched it again recently and i was like yeah i i, I get it get more it. now at this age as well yeah speaking of sorry breaking off marriages or engagements segue what do we think about the issue with francesca and dev and kind of how their relationship kind of developed because that was a big focus of season two. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, wait, what happened again? So Frances- when Dev was in Italy, he met Francesca at that yes. pasta shop and yeah. they kind of developed that yeah. friendship. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like she was like visiting New York and stuff and they just got closer and closer. And obviously Dev was catching feelings, but Francesca was in a relationship, well, is in a relationship. In with a relationship, yeah. A man that she's been with for her whole life. Um in that small town in Italy. But I don't know if anyone had thoughts on that and how they played that out. It was realistic because that that's such his life. Like, so, because you're watching audiences like, oh, let her just break up with her small town man and come to New York and live with Ziggy and it's going to be all happy ever after. But that rarely happens because that's a movie script. Mm-hmm. No one's doing something that feels like this is comfortable, this is safe. Let me now leave it and just be with this random person that might not work out. <laughs> often in life, in relationships, we often go for comfort. 
That's I true. know this person. We've been together for a long time. It, Dev might be her love of her life. She might feel it. She might feel that, like, I feel intense feelings towards him. But there's a risk to it. Mm. Whereas Big the person risk. at home, there is no risk. She doesn't explain anything to her family. Yeah. Like, with this person, like, oh, I'm going to call it off. And then, like, what are you telling to your family? Do you know what I mean? There's so many factors and conversations that need to be had that's like, well, I don't hate this person I'm moving to Italy. Let me just stay here. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, they played Deb's heartbreak really well as well. Yeah, that's what I found really interesting because like, I just I was just curious about like his approach to dating and kind of how upset he was by Francesca's decision. It just felt like the way he reacted was just so, not out of character, but it's just so extreme, like how he placed those expectations. And I like that conversation that he had with his friend Arnold, who was just like, you've made this fantasy in your head. Like, mm-hmm. because like yeah. Francesca doesn't live in New York, like she's just your sweetheart that you've spent like this bite-sized amount of time with and you've like built this ideal up. And I just feel like his reaction to Francesca, like saying like, I can't do this was interesting. But I also just think it's a reflection of how naive Dev's character is. Like yeah. him, yeah. him, him in Master of None in general, he's quite immature, quite childish, quite like naive in his actions. And even him and his best friend, I think Arnold, um, they remind me of like Spongebob and Patrick. That is how I see them. <laughs> and when they sing and they yeah. come up with their songs and do that, like I hear it, it brings the I show, but like you guys, you guys are Spongebob <laughs> and Patrick. <laughs> and that's how I see it. So I think it was just a reflection of his character and like seeing him grow up a little bit or face the realities of life and know yeah. that not everything is a fairy tale. As um, as yeah. was said earlier, like, yeah, it's, it's real. Not everything works out. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need to accept that. It's so true. What did you kind of think about more of the secondary characters, like Dev's friends, like, and their kind of role in the show? Because sometimes I just felt like, oh yeah, like I forgot you were a character. Like sometimes they would just randomly pop up and I'd be like, I kind of find your input a bit awkward sometimes just because they weren't <laughs> consistently there. I don't Do you know. know. What? I think didn't feel some of the show is to make you feel awkward. Yeah, because because Dev True. is an awkward character. It just, like, of course, that's so his awkward. life. <laughs> like, of course, he hasn't seen someone in ten years, and now he has to go to their wedding because that's that's Dev's life, sort of thing. But I think <laughs> they put that they put awkward scenes so you can kind of feel his awkwardness as well, and it's just kind of it's an awkward show. It feels kind of like you're stumping about a bit sometimes. Yeah, it's true. But in a good way. I agree. But then it also does that thing that I think is the new trend of like TV of now of just like delving into specific characters' lives. So when we went back into um, Lena's character's life oh, and just seeing episodes. her childhood and her family. Yeah, that was a great up, episode. That was, that was a, really was a nice beautiful episode. episode. I yeah, was that amazing. was a very, very nice episode. Yeah, and seeing their friendship develop as well. Yeah. And I thought a different, um, an interesting episode was the episode with um, the deaf um, woman. Mm. <gasps> that was such a good episode, guys. Oh my god, really, really good episode that was. Yeah. But just like, even on a level, like, such a big part of that episode you just didn't hear anything and then like when the audio came back you were just like whoa it was just such an immersive episode it was so good and the thing is it was uncomfortable for me and i made myself watch it because the whole time it was silent i was like just skip it just go to like literally or i wanted to be on my phone or something i didn't realize i was i'll turn it up i was oh no this is a purposeful thing sort of thing and i was like just skip it just go to the next episode or just keep yourself go to the kitchen or do something but i was like no sit here and watch this like because this is someone's reality. This is how people yeah. maneuver around the world, but they literally can't hear anything. You can deal with it for the next 10 minutes. Mm. Yeah. So I remember sitting there being like, hey, come on. But it felt like it went on for ages, but it didn't. It didn't. It just, because you're just not used to not hearing sound. Exactly. And yeah. there was no subtitles, there was nothing. It was just, yeah, watch this. 
Yeah, I love that episode because it was just like, it was weird because you just had all these different people in New York and how their lives were kind of just so regular, but then they like cross paths, but like don't know each other. It was just weird, like that interconnected nature of life. I love the episode actually. Thanks for bringing that up. No, but I think it's great. But even um, in reference to the death episode, it reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen Sound of Metal, but that film in general, a large proportion of it is like there's no sound and you just have to adapt and as the main it's about a heavy metal drummer who basically loses his hearing and his process in that and we've we literally go in the journey of like the hearing coming back it disappearing it coming back yeah what it would sound like when it's slightly distorted and it's just really immersive and it also just made me realize like my privilege as an able-bodied person like Mm -hmm. in full aspects Mm -hmm. that i just take everything for granted and feeling uncomfortable for that little hour is like someone's livelihood so but also like it just made me realize why did we never learn sign language like how did we just not learn that in school that's like a whole form of communication for a big part of the world Mm -hmm. like i think that's ridiculous i feel so bad not knowing (laughs) i feel like we have been talking a lot about master of none so we're going to move on to the second part of the podcast where adesi and i essentially play tolly our alternative scenes nice let's hear it Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, so it's time to hear some alternative plot lines. Are you Team Adesi or Team Patricia? Let us know by sharing the podcast and adding us at the TWB pod. The scene that we're focusing on is the first episode of season two, where Dev meets a British tourist called Sarah, who, um, yeah, they kind of just had this amazing connection, but he loses their number when his phone gets stolen. Um, But we thought, they go on a date. We just thought, what would happen if they actually did get to meet um, and just played played out their experience? So um, let me provide a bit of context to my storyline. So with mine, um, we kind of explore a bit of who Sarah is and it puts into perspective that just because something's a holiday romance doesn't mean that it might transpire into real life or when you find out who people are, it might be a bit different. Um, And it kind of focuses a bit on her backstory. It's interesting though. Well, I'm saying, I wrote it, of course I'll say it's interesting. (laughs) But um, we we see a bit of Dev, we see in relation to each other. Right, let's go. Before Dev leaves Italy, he goes back to the restaurant and begs the waitress for Sarah's number. He never stopped thinking about her. Meanwhile, 
we see Sarah kissing a wealthy man wearing a wedding band but pushes him off her when his bougie wife enters the room. One month later, Dev excitedly calls Sarah as soon as he lands in New York. A small child picks up the phone. We see Sarah looking a complete mess trying to control them and snatches the phone from him. Dev says, hi, I'm looking for Sarah. She freezes, so he remembers her. He insists on taking her out on a date that afternoon and offers to pick her up from her office. However, Sarah lost her job in finance and is embarrassed to tell him that she now works as an au pair. Desperate to impress him, she runs into her boss's closet and scrambles to steal a cute outfit from her. She begs an inexperienced friend to watch the kids and warns them of the rules and their intense allergies. Sarah goes to meet Dev, who greets her with a massive bouquet of flowers. They go for lunch and catch up. Dev's heart is beating. He's clearly caught feelings. Their bubble is burst when Sarah goes to the bathroom and her friend frantically calls her on FaceTime. One of the kids ate peanut butter and had a severe allergic reaction. They're being whisked away to hospital as they speak. Dev excitedly waits for her to return. He thinks he's found the one. When Sarah re-emerges, she barges past him and rushes to the hospital, leaving him with the bill. Dev is perplexed. She arrives at the hospital to find her furious bosses. She gets fired that night. It turns out that this job was her only hope of having a visa in America and her boss promised that he'll sponsor her application. She cries on the subway, homeless and scared of the idea of returning back to England until Dev calls. She's sobbing into the phone, apologising for her behaviour and explains her situation. He invites her over and comforts her. Scared of potentially losing the love of his life, Dev takes a deep breath and says, why don't we get married? He's being 100% serious. Maybe Dev is more than a fling, but is he really prepared to be a 90-day fiancé? That's so good. That was really good, Odessi. Oh, I like that a lot. That's really good. Honestly, I love that you explored Sarah a bit more, or Sarah. Yeah, yeah, it's actually nice to go into that character and I could see her as well because I've watched the episode, of course. I know, I can imagine that being her. I like that a lot. I found it very hard to do. I can't lie. This was a very challenging episode, as we said before. So um, I'm excited to hear what Patricia has done. I just, no, no. Don't, don't, no, don't call no. yourself out of the running. <laughs> no, 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 let's hear it. Oh, Lord, guys. Okay, so mine is very much focused in Italy and... Dev and Sarah managed to have a really magical day together, um, but an issue arises that takes Dev away from Sarah. Um, but there's a nice resolution and they do find each other again. So it is kind of like more of a happy ending, but it's a bit different to yours, Odessi. Dev, who managed to catch the thief who stole his phone, confirms his date with Sarah and grins in anticipation. The episode then splits into a dual narrative. Dev irons and wears his best shirt. Sarah shaves her legs and curls her hair. Sarah heads to the market for ingredients to make a traditional dish from Puglia. Dev thinks he can't arrive empty-handed and finds a good bottle of wine to bring her. Dev warms up his chat-up lines on the train while Sarah plans out their afternoon ahead. She walks into the station just as Dev's train pulls in and everything merges back into a single narrative. Without thinking, Dev pulls her into an embrace and kisses her, then hands her the bottle of wine. The afternoon they spend together is magical, cycling along the Italian coastline and eating fresh gelato. 
They head back to Sarah's place and, fueled by glasses of red wine, spend a passionate night of lovemaking together. What was supposed to be a day in Puglia turns into weeks. That is, until Dev receives a call from Francesca, who is crying hysterically down the phone. She's been trying to reach him for days. Her nonna died unexpectedly from a stroke and her funeral is next week. Unable to leave her in that state, Dev apologises to Sarah and says that he has to return to Modena even though he's loved their time together. Dev arrives in time for the will reading and to his surprise learns that Francesca's grandmother not only left the restaurant to her, but to him too. What? They run the shop together with Mario's help, but without Nonna's magic touch, business dries up and they can no longer afford to keep the restaurant open. <sighs> Francesca is determined to continue her grandmother's legacy. They try to look for investors without any luck, so they resort to fundraising. After a couple of weeks, they're close to their final target, but their final notice letter means they only have one more week to make up the rest of the money. With one last day to spare, they receive an anonymous donation. Francesca and Dev are over the moon and open a bottle of champagne to celebrate. They wonder who the mystery donor was, and just then, Dev gets a text from Sarah saying, good luck with your restaurant. Thank you for a great time. I hope the money helps. Without hesitation, Dev books a train to Puglia to thank Sarah in person. I like different. that. Well then. <laughs> that is Guys. really, I mean, aside from Sarah giving a man money, which I'm not, it's, it's not my fave. It's not my fave that way to live life. I really, really like that. And do you know why as well? Because you brought in characters that I already love. Mm. So it's actually quite nice. The grandma, I, I, that was great. Thanks, wow. guys. Well, they're two like very that, different scenes. Very different. As yeah, I think this is this is probably one of the most different that we've we've had. Actually, we've gone down completely different routes. So, Tolly, please feel free to ask us any questions. Interrogate us. I can ask Patricia questions. She can ask me questions. Let's have a conversation about this. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Right. Let's see. A question for you. Do they get? Do they end up getting married? Do we know? Does does, do they marry each other and it works out and she gets her visa? Also, actually, no, a more important question. Who is currently in power? Because that determines how likely it is that she's going to be able to stay in America. As in president? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would I say um, Joe Biden is in power. Okay. But to answer the first question, do they get married? I feel like they thought it would be a lot easier than it is. I think they don't know each other. I think Sarah likes to lie as she likes to do a lot of higgy hagger things and right. it could sound all good but it might just be an episode of TLC's 90 Day Fiance in the end so <laughs> that <laughs> that's what I would say that's what I think oh and that episode and it, it can be shot like 90 Day Fiance right but maybe we can put the other cast members in it as well since Master of None mm. would do something like that Thank that would actually be quite sick exactly, exactly um so that would be sick um what else was I going to ask why is she so afraid to go back to England what's wrong what's happening in England What's so bad about it? I think with England, she's left there because there's nothing for her. She hasn't got um, family or friends that she connects with anymore. And New York is her dream to be there. And she wants to start a business in New York. And America is the American dream, the land of dreams. And that's what she wants to do. And going back to England, or more importantly, getting deported back to England just means that she's further away from that reality. So she'll do anything to protect who she is and what she wants, essentially. Okay, what's Dev doing at the moment? What's his work? How's Dev. he going to support them? Exactly, that's the question. <laughs> that right, is okay. the question. Because what's he putting on the application? 
what's, what's going to be there? Dev literally just came back from Italy and his mindset is go and get the girl. It's not really go and build my life and become stable. It's really go and get the girl. And I think he still has a lot of growing up to do. And even in the suggestion of proposing for a marriage, it was something that was kind of irrational because he's just like, oh, I could lose the girl rather than thinking it through. Okay. So he's marrying her because he loves her and not because that's going to help her stay in the country. Or is it both? It's a combination of both. Like for him, he's just like, it's a, let's kill two birds with one stone. Like if you can yeah. stay in the country and I can marry you, let's do it. And Why she's, not? Okay. Exactly. That's, that's how I saw it. Yeah. What's her intentions? What's her intentions? Um, I think she thinks Dev is cute and he's a fling. And I don't think she really thought anything was going to come of that. But if it means that she can get her green card, why not? Okay. Why not try? So what has happened between them that makes Dev so smitten? Because like we got mm. a lot of her backstory, but like why is he so in love with her and invested in her? Like what? I think it was just the concept of distance makes the heart grow fonder. So with the situation that... um they he lost her phone number initially he was just thinking that like, i've never connected to anyone like this she is my person she is their person and in comparison to his previous relationships where there's always been like something that he's had to compromise on or fight for this seemed mm. like something that was natural and i think he's just naively thinking like if it if there's no problem now we were meant to be together it's fate so that's that's how i see it okay. but this is the Quite same it. dev that broke up with rachel because he wasn't exactly. sure that he <laughs> What a 180. Like, <laughs> Dev, Dev broke up with Rachel, but Dev also wants to be, I feel like he went to Italy to to get a refresh, to change his mind. And he, he really did want to find something and find someone that is genuinely for him, that makes him feel like himself wholeheartedly. So, oh, wow. I feel like I'm fighting for my life. You are. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah, fighting for my are. life. <laughs> this is my last question I'm so okay. so after he's proposed or whatever the day after he's gone for brunch with Denise and Arnold what do they think about what he's doing they think I think Arnold's like you know what can I be your best man let's right, make this okay. wedding happen I'll plan it Denise is like you're mad and I think Denise tries to really talk him out of it but then she meets Sarah and thinks that Sarah is a good fit, but we don't know who Sarah is fully. So I think that'll be something that unravels through time. Okay, yeah. nice. Nice. Okay, my questions. Oh, I really like this story, by the way, the second story. Like I'm really it. into it. Yeah, I really like Patricia's story. I'm really, really into it. The question is, when he goes back to say thank you to Sarah for the money, mm. what is it just to say thank you? Mm. <laughs> No, is he gonna cheat on Francesca? What's 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 the? Is it? Do you know what? Even when he goes to build the restaurant with Francesca, are they together or was it just a business deal? What are they doing? I think at that point, I've just kept them as friends. I don't think it's kind of developed into like Dev having like strong feelings. But you know when you're kind of like submitting on someone, but you don't really know that you're feeling them like that. You're just really yeah. close with them and you enjoy their company, kind of thing. So I think that's their situation. But like. Going back to see Sarah, I don't think he's going there just to say thank you. I think he's going there to be like serious with her, like to like woo her, dine her, just like do sweet shit with her and people. Where's her. Francesca's fiance during all of this? He's just dismissive. Like he's just like, cause you know, like in season two, like he was just, he just cared about tiles. Like that's all he cared about. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's still the situation here. Like he's kind of just like a silent partner in their relationship where he's kind of, just not in the picture. 
and just not invested in this restaurant that she works at, this situation with her grandma. Like, obviously her grandma died, but I just didn't write him into that. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, but yeah. He's just Why does Sarah feel the need to help them? Like mm-hmm. this man has left, he's exactly. left her for a random girl who's not his girl, who's not his ex, is actually engaged to someone else, is given up yeah. his dreams of being an actor to just suddenly go over one of the restaurants, has never has no idea how to do, <laughs> but yet she feels compl- compelled to be like, oh, he needs me. Why? Do you know what, right? In my scene, so they didn't spend a day together, they spent like actual weeks together. And I think like during that time, she really sort of like fell for Dev. But the way I wrote it is kind of like they had already managed to make up most of their money she kind of just like donated kind of like oh i just kind of heard about your restaurant through the grapevine i'm gonna donate and it happened to be the thing that took them across the finish line so i think it was kind of just like an act of kindness like you've actually made my time in puglia really great i kind of like you i'm gonna donate to this cause that is important to you i mean people have donated and given money for less is what how I'm much did say. she give them how much did she give ah! i'm gonna say like maybe a few hundred, a couple hundred. I don't know. That's kind of where I was envisioning it. A few hundred. Okay. So it wasn't like life changing. It was just, you know what? Yeah, so if it was a few hundred, why did he feel the need to go all the way to think it? Exactly. If he could afford the flight, he could afford the few hundred to pay for the rest of the money that they had left. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. If, if, no, okay, she's donated the rest of the money to like take them across the line. That's the thing that that saved their restaurant. Yeah. And, He's just like, oh, I'm going to just spend this last few, like, 60 euros or whatever to take a train to Puglia to be like, wow, thank you for, like, saving our restaurant. But then remember, he said he's going to wine and dine her when he's there. How is he going to afford it? Her Isn't money? It? What's he using? Credit card? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually stressed. Credit card? Is she paying for it? Who's paying for this? How is he going to wine and dine her when he's hmm. I don't even... Okay, admittedly, I did not think that far ahead. But <laughs> the principle is she's donated like a good chunk of money that's taken their restaurant over the line. I think on a whim, he's just like, wow, you've saved our restaurant. I'm just going to like book a train to see you and just thank you because you've actually done something really amazing. Whether or not he can do up expensive fine dining, I don't know. But I think he's just booked it without thinking like, I need to thank you in person. I can't let this end here. Yeah, I think it's just like passion that's driving these people, guys. It's right, just whimsical passion. No common sense. <laughs> no thoughts. Just vibes. <laughs> Do you know what? These questions. No, are no, no, I'm I good. Can't lie. I'm on trial. I'm good. I, th- I think I've decided. I think I've decided. <laughs> I can't breathe. Don't breathe. Please inhale. Inhale. In, please. in and out. Inhale. Please. <laughs> Um, so um, what we do do every episode is Patricia and I give each other 10 seconds and it's okay. essentially our last plea to consider our storylines and why you should pick us. Um, hopefully that might tip your decision in whatever way you want it to go. Right, and okay. Yes. So since I went first, I feel like I'm going to have to... These seconds, Patricia, wait, wait, wait. Just up. let me breathe. Let me breathe. Let me take a sip of water. Yeah. Make sure your throat is lubricated, B. You're going to need it. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Pick mine because we explore Master of None's style of storytelling. We realise that not everyone is who you think they are. We realise how naive Dev can be and how people learn their lessons through awkward situations. Okay, that's it. Oh, nicely that done. I can't lie, I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud. That was very nicely done. Thank you. Th- thank you so much. Thank you. Patricia, are you ready? No. <laughs> Your 10 seconds starts now. 
pick mine because you actually get to see the date between Dev and Sarah, plus you get to see extra characters and how their relationship develops, but also the restaurant. We never really got to see their restaurant. Time's up. Thank you, Patricia, for that amazing contribution. You tried. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, that's it. I've been written off Thank you for that contribution. (laughs) So, (laughs) Tolly, you've heard both of our, you've heard both of our pitches, both of our Mm -hmm. pleas. Who are you picking? What's your decision? They're both good. I'll tell you that. They're both definitely, definitely good. And I think what sways it is the fact that in Odessa's story, which I've spoiled because Odessa is the winner in my eyes, um, there was no point where a woman's giving a man money. <laughs> and, and that's what it is for me. Oh, my God. I can't, so that was basically the thing. You should have known your audience, Patricia. <laughs> I don't agree with women giving men money. You should have read the room, known your audience. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Because it feels like Sarah's coming, a black woman, saved his day when she was left as well. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? This is something that I did think about as well, which is so annoying. And I was just like, oh. Okay. What, you thought romance with wool? No, no, <laughs> no. Tony's the really still stands. You know? Yeah, yeah, the wool still stands. No, we're really deep what's happened here. He's left her. For a friend. I would just like to say thank you so much for picking me. I feel of very course. blessed. I feel great. And yes, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having You've me. It's been, been such, such, such good fun. And genuinely, this is a sick idea. Thank you so much. So that's it for today's episode, guys. Um, remember to follow us at the TWB pod on Instagram and Twitter and join in the conversation using the hashtag TWB pod. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. Acast, Apple Podcasts, we love all of that stuff. But you can follow me at double underscore PDVR on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Adia Desi. And you can follow Tolly. You can follow me at Tolly underscore T on Instagram and Twitter. And just to plug, keep the receipts, guys. It's coming. Yes, we've got a book coming out. It's out. It's out already. By the time this comes out, this will be out. The book is yes. out already. Oh, yeah. Listen to me on the key, on the receipts podcast out every Wednesdays. And 1010 would recommend if you like films and things like that, which comes out every Fridays. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. Yes. And we'll see you guys in our next episode. Bye. 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 So that's it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, you can follow us at the TWB pod on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. What shows should we talk about next? Drop us an email at thatwoodbankpod at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard, why not join the TWB family by subscribing to the podcast? And don't forget to leave a review. We love reading them. 